Hi, this is DC Douglas, and welcome to the Project Umbrella broadcast. <laughs> <laughs>
elements and key announcements from Biohazard that we know you guys will want to listen to. So I'm Nick, better known as Neptune, and joining me today is the Batman. Hello. Stars Tyrant. Surprise! And Rombi. Founder of Resident Evil A New Blood, and co-founder of Resident Evil Fan. With over 1,700 posts on The Horror Is Alive, but only 10 posts on the Project Umbrella forums. Well-known and popular Biohazard fan. One of the original Resident Evil legends and icon of the community. From New Zealand, it's Rombi! Hello! Hello. And Romney's calling from United Kingdom rather than his native New Zealand, so we've got a better connection. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Coming up on today's show, we'll be looking at all the news. Don't worry, we're not doing all the news since the last podcast, because that'll probably take another two hours in itself. We're just doing all the latest things that have happened in the last couple of weeks. And then we're going to be looking at some site news for Project Umbrella. We have a bit coming out. Certainly, if you keep an eye on the Facebook pages, you'll see some new developments. Then the main discussions of the evening, we're going to be looking at Revelations 2, a quick preview of that. We probably aim to do a whole podcast on that once all the episodes have been released, but we're just going to do a preview on what we think might happen. And the main discussion of the evening, Remake HD, which we've all had the opportunity to play and we're going to have a good discussion on how Resident Evil holds up in high definition. And for all you quiz fans out there, do not panic, do not worry, do not stress. Neptune's Biohazard Quiz is back. So, without further ado, let's crack on with the news. So the first bit of news, obviously, is that Remake HD is out. We're going to obviously have a big discussion about that, but the reviews, we just want to quickly touch on them, have been very positive. IGN gave it 8 out of 10, GameSpot 7, Video Gamer a very impressive 9, Game Informer 9.5, and others, Games Radar 4 out of 5, Eurogamer a 7 out of 10, Destructoid 9 out of 10, Bloody Disgusting 8.5, PC Gamer 8 out of 10, and Den of Geek 4.5 out of 5. So a very positive review so far, what does everyone think? I think uh, some of them have been a bit nitpicky, to be honest. I mean, some of them have reviewed it as though it was a modern title. You know, forgetting that some of the concepts, particularly with adventuring and puzzling, they are from a, an era that doesn't really exist anymore. We, we live in an era of hand-holding and, you know, linear set-pieces, and I think the open-endedness has surprised a lot of the more modern reviewers. It's still nice that they're getting reasonably good scores, though, even after 13 years, because considering some of the reaction of the fan community, you'd think it was going to be an absolute disaster. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think it's a surprise that um, so many people have, who have never played it before have had the chance to play it as well, which has been really good, because outside of the reviews, I've seen positive comments just in, in general, even from people that were complaining beforehand and, and, and so forth, that it's... There's lots of people there who are playing it for the first time. Mm. Do you think it's going to attract new people to the franchise? Probably not. <laughs> I don't think it will. Uh, the only thing is I will implore people who have issues with either digital distribution or anything like that, please still support it because it's our only chance really <laughs> to send Capcom a message that, you know, this is the style of game we want going forward. 
Now, is that a cryptid message to me that refuses to buy a digital download? No, no, it, but I know <laughs> there, are, there has been a few people within the community quite vocal that they're not happy with the fact that it hasn't had a retail release in the West and, you know, not happy with aspects of the series, a bit disheartened with where it went with Six and whatnot. And, you know, this is your one chance to sort of show Capcom, you know, vote with your wallet because mm-hmm. you probably won't get another chance. Moving on, obviously Revelations 2 is just around the corner, which came out a bit of a surprise, really, the way the characters have come back. We've got Claire back, and more importantly, Terrace, which I didn't actually think we'd see again, so that's quite nice. And of course, Barry Burton, oh yes, back from his Gaiden adventures, Barry Burton (laughs) (laughs) made it off the starlight and is back. We'll certainly look forward to that. I'm surprised Terrace's made an appearance, and uh, we'll we'll see how it turns out. It's looking okay cautiously optimistic if the latest trailer is anything to go by then it does look like spoilers uh Ouroboros is back I'm keeping spoiler free Sean <laughs> it's in the trailer Nick <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> it's not confirmed though is it it could just be no, something very similar although I think from a continuity point of view it would be nice if it is Ouroboros other than a generic new virus that will be forgotten about within five minutes so, um, as everyone knows, it's kind of seeing this rather annoying and hideous episodic release whereby you can download episodes on a weekly basis. Um, four episodes starting from the yeah, 25th of February all the way up to the 18th of March. And you get to play one for Claire and one for Barry, which would be thrilling. And I wouldn't have purchased it. However, they are finally releasing the disc version, the retail version afterwards, which will contain all the episodes on one disc as well as some bonus features as well. They priced them, yeah, the chapters. Yeah, uh, yes, they are. Uh, four ninety nine each. You can buy a season pass as well for slightly discounted, and there are pre-order bonuses, including two side chapters or something. I'm not entirely sure. I think the retail version comes with the, the raid mode throwback pack, which has levels from Resident Evil 6 and Resident Evil Revelations 1, and also Albert Wesker is a, a raid mode character. Yes, and DC Douglas has confirmed his voicing that as well. That's coming out on the 20th of March, not, not too far away. Um, do we know if that has got the side missions on as well? Yeah, that should have uh, everything, I think. That's got everything, is it? The whole campaign about yeah, the pre-order and stuff is actually really confusing, and, and I think this, there is that conflict between whether or not people should bother pre-ordering the digital version or wait for the complete version. But then the complete version's a lot more expensive compared yeah. to, the, to the digital, so it's like... I think it's very confusing and very unclear, and I think it's it's actually a really bad step for the game See, as far I, as marketing goes. I don't know what to do personally because, like, obviously, I don't want to get left behind, and I want to be playing the story with everybody else. But at the same time, I'm not really yet interested about owning it twice. But I want the retail version for collector's purposes and for the complete package. Mm. So they've sort of got like the hardcore fans. They've sort of got them by the balls, really. Well, it's not too long to wait, is it? No, but you're still gonna. You have to have like an online blackout, really, if you want to remain spoiler-free, aren't you? That's good. yes. yes. It, it will be interesting though, because nobody on Resident Evil forums anymore seems to debate plot theories and you know speculation about characters and story anymore. It just seems always to be about 1.5 and things like that. So it'll be nice if it, if you know if it gets people speculating and talking about plot theories again. That's only if it's connecting, though. I can imagine. Who is it. the woman? Who is the woman? Yeah. It's Alexia, some one forum said, didn't it? No, no, it's, it's obviously Annette Birkin. <laughs> <laughs> it was a new character. The thing is that, as we've often discussed on the podcast, is that 
so many of the stories are now so self-contained. Even six was pretty much self-contained. Five was the only one that you felt was part of the overall story. So in terms of fans speculating, you kind of feel it's going to be a pointless exercise. Yeah, but that that's Capcom's official reasoning for doing it anyway, other than the obvious financial gains mm. but they've said they want the fans to be talking about you know speculating as to what happens next and getting excited for the next episode that sort of thing like just like a tv series essentially and i'll talk about it later in regards to the preview event but they did talk about this as well and, and putting in fan service elements that basically would be key for hardcore fans to kind of pick up and enjoy and then hopefully people who are maybe a bit more casual might see or want to know what that is. Like some of them might be a bit weird references that they wouldn't get if they don't look online and it might start a conversation, but I don't believe it'll happen, but <laughs> that was their idea. Okay, right, right. I, I remember doing that watching series one of the rebooted Doctor Who and there was the episode with the werewolf and it goes, From now on this place will be known as Torchwood and I genuinely thought I was missing out on something about Torchwood. Because I assumed it meant something from back in the yesteryear of Doctor Who. And I vividly searched internet trying to find something. And to my disappointment, it was just a future hint to the new Tortured series. But there we go. So uh, whether they get it or not, I don't know. That's exciting. Um, Revelations 2 is also going to use microtransactions if they want to piss off people even further. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think microtransactions are stupid, but at least the one thing is, in this case, they're doing it only for raid mode, yes. and only if you want to buy extra lives, basically, which is just for lazy people. So, How many people actually play raid mode? Is it, is it a popular thing? When the first one came out, I saw lots of people talking about it. There were obviously fans. I, I didn't really enjoy it that much, but I didn't play... I didn't play the game until it came out in the HD version anyway, so... Okay. I think Raid is pretty popular. They're, they're pushing it a lot in the advertising for Rev 2 as well, even more so than the actual campaign. That seems odd. I mean, I, I'm not one for these online gaming, talking to people. It's just not my thing. But the only add-on game that I've ever found mildly enjoyable is the Mercenaries on Resident Evil 3. Yeah. And I've never had an urge to play anything that Resident Evil 5's clopped up, or Resident Evil 6, or... I'd just rather have a more detailed story, but there we go. I'd agree with you. Also appears that Biohazard Zero's been given the HD remaster treatment as well. Yeah, nice little faux pas from Capcom there. <laughs> I mean, it's to be expected. I mean, if, if the remake... HD is going well, we assume it is selling very well, then it seems like an obvious next step. The problem is that Zero is fundamentally a worse game. Oh, I don't think it is. (laughs) 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 I will even be as controversial as to say I think the atmosphere is better in some places in Zero. I like some of the set pieces, but... I have to say as well, the thing is with Zero is that there's definitely a divide between, just as this is proving, between the good and the bad of it and what people like and what people don't like and whether or not they think it's a good game or not. And I think if, if it releases in HD and we look at these reviews that the remake in HD's been getting, I would say that you'd knock a couple of points off just about every review because I swear there'll be elements that people getting frustrated over in the remake when they find out about their item system, if they've never played it before, about dropping items and yes. having to backtrack to find them again they'll get frustrated and get really angry about it because if they're complaining about the puzzles or they're complaining about the style of the game now, Zero's got even more of that. Words of wisdom. 
to keep up with tradition of probably having this in the news for every Project Umbrella podcast we've ever done, Mahara Desire is finally available in English. <laughs> I think if we go back to episode one of the Project Umbrella podcast, we announce Mahara Desire. What and... a complete load of nonsense it was in the end as well, wasn't it? What a complete and utter waste of time. It's still From not finished. to release. Not finished. Volume one is out now in English. Oh. The remaining four volumes released now between just, now and July. It's just not worth it, though. <laughs> it, it takes so long to tell you nothing. <laughs> oh, what is the character's name? Ricky? He's immune. So you don't need Jake Mueller. Well, he's not immune, actually. That was a mistake on my part. Oh, uh, all right, there we go. Some news. <laughs> Some news, then. <laughs> so, what is he? The translation I read was missing a, a vital page. <laughs> <laughs> That's my excuse. <laughs> So what is he then? Is he just a guy, a dude? Yeah, uh, she put the syringe in his neck, but the monster knocked her off him before she could actually physically inject him with the virus, apparently. (laughs) I don't know what's worse, actually. (laughs) Resident Evil 7! (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) If everyone goes to videogamer.com and look on the Xbox 360 link for Resident Evil 6 news, you'll find there is a interview with the producer of, is that Revelations 2? Yeah. Yes, who has indicated that the next Resident Evil game, the numbered game, is going to blow our minds. But he says that without knowing anything about it. So, <laughs> take it with a pinch of salt, but the article is up on Video Gamer website. You can have a look about that. You can go to the Eurogamer.net website where there is a wonderful interview with Kamamura, who was one of the producers of Resident Evil 4 and this talks about what we now know as Resident Evil 3.5 and uh, our very own Welsh has made contributions towards that article helping him fill in some of the details which is well worth a read obviously talks about the fog version and all that Mahara Desire 2 is now coming out, known as Heavenly Island. But you should see it on the uh, Project Umbrella Facebook page. It, it's certainly controversial with the art design. It looks even worse than my... <laughs> It does. And apparently it's a semi-prequel to Revelations 2. I don't know anything about this, folks, so you're going to have to fill me in on what this is. We can is. look forward to the last issue, which reveals everything in 2018, then. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, yes. It'll just be coming out in English, then. <laughs> Three years after the game came out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be a very, very loose connection, though. I don't even think it's the same island as Revelations 2. It's got oh, okay. Claire Redfield in it throwing knives at zombified piranhas. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's got like sort of voodoo rituals going on, and girls in bikinis getting slaughtered. It's it's very very weird. It sounds like Piranha Three Double D. Yeah, you're not wrong when you look at the pictures. Controversial. <laughs> Let's move swiftly on to site news, I suppose, because that is, that is, that is on our... <laughs> <laughs> that is on Project Umbrella. You can go and view issue one of the manga. you got to love Japanese manga, you really do. Uh, other site news, Ridley has expanded his Biohazard and Resident Evil magazine database, which is up on Tumblr, which is well worth checking out. www.residentevilmagazines.tumblr.com 
go and have a look at that. I had some old ones. I think I threw them out. Back in 2001, all the Cube magazines, which was quite good back in the day, because you got a... Um, do you remember in the GameCube, you could take out the middle bit of the, yeah. of the ejector thing, and I, I got a Resident Evil Zero version of one of them. Came free with the magazine. Good times, good times. Okay, without further ado, let's move on to our first discussion of the evening, which is, of course, going to be a preview for Resident Evil Revelations 2. I think at this point we can hand over to Rombi, who was very lucky enough to attend a Capcom press event, which had Revelations 2 as a preview. What can you tell us, Rombi? Um, well, I guess it's <laughs> it's one of those hard things. The, the event itself was great, and um, I managed to uh, talk to a couple of the producers on the game, which was quite amazing. Like That's something I haven't had the chance to do before, which is nice in itself and that was all very well and good and it was a nice casual relaxed uh, event being run by Capcom the uh, game was being shown in two flavours uh, the, the single player campaign from the start was being shown on the Xbox One and they also showed the raid mode on PS4 this is where it kind of becomes a really difficult thing to talk about because the single player was what I could only call was quite rough around the edges like it feels like a continuation of the franchise, of, and when I say franchise, it's like a, the sub-franchise that is Revelations. The best way that, it, that I've ever had it described to me, had a conversation with someone, is it feels like a haunted house. Like, you were talking about playing the first game, it was being stuck in that ship and being in tight corridors. That has definitely continued. It's lots of narrow spaces, lots of things attacking you and, and going between kind of tense moments and action moments. That's still there, but... It's definitely a budget title. There's definitely not great graphics. There's this dark grain filter going over the game. And I still haven't been able to quite make my mind up on, on the, at least the single-player campaign just from that preview, which is... It's, I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, I sat down with it for probably a good half an hour, at least, between a couple of sessions. And, yeah, I still haven't been able to make my own decision on it. Raid mode was completely different. They'd taken the filter away, and it played pretty much like an extended version of the original... Um, I wasn't even much of a raid mode player, as I think we talked about before. So to me, it didn't feel greatly different. The, the main difference is the way you get into it is they've created this digital festival, which everyone's seen, I think, now. There's videos of it online. They would probably give most people a much better impression than I probably could. There's customization with taunts and 
you know, the weapon transactions and all that sort of stuff are all still there, but it's all done through kind of like a, a place that you're actually in and you go up to the menu and you click on it and you make your changes and you come out and then you click on a door and you choose which mission you're going to go. So rather than go flicking through a bunch of menus like you did in the first game, it's all kind of in the location. But other than that, it plays exactly the same. You're going through shooting enemies, trying to get through doing killing the most number of enemies in the fastest amount of time. Pretty straightforward. I read about this. Uh, it said something about your an AI for the Red Queen computer or something? Yeah, I, I didn't need to ask much about it, but it looks like that when you first started, it's like a, you're almost like a, a translucent digital character until you pick your actual avatar. So you could, at the time, they hadn't unlocked any, there was like Claire and Barry and that was it. And, but you, you were like this weird kind of like a digital representation of something until yeah, you pick the character and this, obviously this environment that you're supposed to be in at the start before you play the game is supposed to be a complete fake digital environment as well it's it's weird and i i'm sure there's i mean it makes sense for the game itself but it doesn't further the mode in, in any fashion whatsoever other than to take it out of a bunch of menus it's not like they're adding extra story or anything with it it's as far as i'm aware anyway it, it just is for what it is the other part of it which i guess is as we've mentioned which has come out in the news which i didn't talk about is the fact that the online part of raid won't work until the f- complete version comes out mm. oh yeah, they actually given a, a reason for that, other than it just to entice people to hold on for the retail or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, there wasn't anything said. Uh, there might be something in the articles online, but that well, they mentioned offhand to another to a reporter who asked, but definitely not. I hadn't been watching much of the coverage of the game beforehand either, so I hadn't really watched any trailers or kept up on the game. So when I played the single player campaign, it was the start where. I mean, straight away, the reference is that Claire starts in prison. I think everyone's yep. seen those in the trailers. So that alone feels like Code Veronica. And I think that's the one other element I could say about it from playing in the little bit that I did is that there was like a mixture of revelations and Code Veronica. These two things have been blended because you've got, not only have you got this whole Claire in a prison starting thing, there's someone watching on cameras being, she's being taunted over the comm system by this woman who obviously people are talking about, don't know who it is. And, you know, the only other bit I actually gleaned story-wise at that stage was the same sort of stuff I think has been hinted in the trailers. Oh, there's a tragic background story for Moira's character to do with their family and gun violence or something. The, the, the uh, wristbands on, on their arms change colour because of fear. That's about all they got. And the only other thing that was in there was a reference to Steve Burnside when Claire first picks up her gun. Um, she makes the comment to Moira that uh, oh, I can't even remember the line. It's more dependable than people or something. Isn't that's it? the one I was trying to remember what it was. More dependable than any one person or any person. And so I assume those are the sorts of nods that they're going to put throughout the game for both Claire and Barry and other little references to, to the law. Interestingly, I think that line, uh, the Code Veronica throwback line, is, is not in the Japanese translation or the Japanese writing, should I say. Oh. Yeah, it's added to the English version, I think. Right. I like references like that, as long as they don't go over the top going, whoa, you're almost a Claire I sandwich. I think most people, have, <laughs> most people have speculated that the uh, burdened, torrid history is uh, um, the death of Polly, which yes. obviously hasn't been confirmed, but I think a lot of people are assuming she's been accidentally killed or something with a gun. Did you get to try Barry's campaign at all? No. From my understanding, each chapter, sorry, each episode release has, is split into two, so there is a clear part and there's a very part for each of the four. 
but they only way that the demo worked was literally the way the game's supposed to start. Right, the other thing I will say about it is that the challenge was still pretty high. Like I played it on the, there was an easier difficulty mode and a harder difficulty mode, and I played the harder one. And I, you, in Revelations, in the first Revelations, there's always those little choke points where you get stuck in an area and a whole bunch of enemies would get released and you kind of have to just stand your ground and kind of fight them or try and find a way to kind of escape while keeping them away from you. And that happened in the demo and I got actually got killed at once just because this, there's an area with all the prison uh, cells and so eventually you end up having to try and escape because all the prison doors open and all the monsters and the enemies come out. And so eventually I just got absolutely swarmed in a corner. The other weird part of it is there's these like kind of spinning blade traps and I don't know why they're there for they're kind of a bit weird <laughs> and they're, they're part of this prison and so I'm, I'm assuming that the, the idea is that they've been put in there by whoever's controlling the cameras and the voice system I'm not quite sure what why <laughs> and, <laughs> we've, we've, we've seen a lot of islands in the Resident Evil series recently did it have whatever island this is called recently recently <laughs> Pre- pretty much everything after Raccoon's been an island that's true that's time. true um, did it have a unique feel to it, or did you feel this was a bit? Was it too close to say Coveronica, she you know Sheena Island, or Rockville, or Benthic, it, or anything? It was like a blend. The, the type of prison is like very old style prison, and it's kind of more like something you might have seen out of Silent Hill than it would have been in Resident right. Evil. But it's it's an actual true prison in the sense that it's got like platform levels of like a cell block and like a medical ward and like all these things that you went through. It's quite rough. It's 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 definitely got low budget. I've, I just saw some comments today talking about the uh, raid mode taunting system, the animations. They've actually just literally been lifted wholesale from Lost Planet. <laughs> like they've recycled the animations because obviously it was quicker to recycle these a lot of them anyway, and just they've just changed. They've, they've made tweaks, but a lot of them are exactly the same sort of things that were in the multiplayer for that. So there's obviously a, a, a time and a budget limit. Sorry. What that's going to mean for the final game, I don't know. I know some are saying that the low budget, rough around the edges, will give it that charm that the like the first game had. I kind of think the interesting thing about it for me was one of the maps I played was an area from Resident Evil 6, and I'm playing this on PS4, and yet the environment from Raid that I'm playing in looks worse than the version did on PS3. Yeah, I've, I've seen videos of that. The Adonia levels in particular look really bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, there, there's, there's rough at giving it a, a, a visual aesthetic, but there's also rough looking really, really low quality. What's and, it going to look, what's it, what's it, what's it gonna look like on uh, PS3 then? I mean, maybe about the same, because I would say that the texture quality and everything's probably the same across the board, and I think that's probably, again, part of the budget. I think right. you're not going to get much of an improvement playing it on a new generation than you will on the previous one. Has it been designed for current gen? Well, PS3, Xbox, 360, and then upscaled to PS4. Possibly. I, I, it's probably a question I probably should have actually asked the producers <laughs> when, I, when I was there, but I didn't actually think about that at the time. But it, it, I think what was really putting off, put me off, less so than the um, raid mode, because that's where I saw this obviously comparison to Resident Evil 6. But um, as I said, there's a grain filter over the single-player campaign because this is dark prison and it's dark, and so they've added like a like it's a filtered grain. It's a little bit too heavy, I think. Like it's a it's quite distra- I found it quite distracting. I mean, I don't know if it's there to mask the sort of make the graphics look like slightly better in single-player, or that the sing- because it's raid and because it's going to be multiplayer, they've had to peer back the graphics because it's going to be online anyway. 
Um, so there might be a bit of it. I mean, maybe the single player campaign looked a little bit better. The animations were good. I mean, the the voice acting was fine. Like, I, I haven't even commented on that, but it's a shame that Alison Court couldn't come back as Clear. But I was the, replacement, the replacement, the replacement they've got is is fine. There's mm-hmm. like I'm I'm not sitting there going, oh, oh, you know, she's completely missed. You can tell it's not her, but it's it's fine. But the one the other thing which I was going to say about the voice actors now I remember is. I'm not sure about the scripting, and this is coming back to this translation thing we were talking about as well. Is there's, there was within? I think people were talking about it in the trailers. The swearing. Oh, <laughs> there's some 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 weird yeah, exactly. There are some weird expressions, and um and and I yeah I don't know who if they're trying to like if this is the way they're going to appeal to an English audience, but it's when I say English, this is I mean <laughs> basically a, a, you know an English speaking audience. Um, I think the biggest problem they have with Moira. Is the fact that you you have a, a young you know young character who is foul mouthed you know in, in in just such an embarrassing and, and cringeworthy way, and yet you have Ellie in The Last of Us who manages to be you know she she's a, she's a foul mouthed character but manages to be still endearing and likable at the same time. Just going back to it being on an island, um, I watched a, a video of sort of the first ten minutes of Barry's campaign, which is primarily exterior. You're sort of running along cliff faces and going through forests and I'll be interested to see if it's sort of not open world but there's potential for more exploration rather than just going from point A to point B all the time like we did on Rockfort Island for example mm. I, I, I was thinking that as well because I thought oh if it's an island maybe the, and they've got these multiple stories that maybe it'd be kind of like t- Tomb Raider the Tomb Raider 2013 version was, was like a, a yeah. big island and you had a little bit you had these areas that were bottlenecked but later on you could come back through. But I kind of get the feeling that's not the way it'll work. It, it really is like it's it's narrative driven and it's we trying to escape getting from point A to point B and um, keep that kind of haunted house narrow focus going. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get that feeling from the from playing it for sure. It definitely felt more like go here, get this key, defeat these enemies, unlock these doors, go here. I mean, there wasn't any puzzles. So it was, again, much like Revelations, a lot of key fetching and so forth. So the thing is, though, I mean, if you, if you on paper, it's everything that we've been asking for on these podcasts for many years. Scale back down. It doesn't have to be a high budget. Not necessarily self-contained, but, you know, uh, quite a creepy-based, as you said, narrow corridors. I've Forest. I've been calling for Forest since we've ever, because I just think it would be a perfect setting. And yet we're not as excited as perhaps we should be. It just seems to be so much recycled stuff. Like you talked about the animations being lifted directly from Lost Planet. What about the actual afflicted enemies? Are they just do they just play like Magini with a different skin? Yeah, what are they? That's the thing. I couldn't quite tell. So when you first start, you get out of this first little prison area, and um, you you come into this kind of open like area where you kind of have to climb up these. It looks. I don't even know what it's supposed to be to be honest. It's, like there's these ramps going up and you're climbing up this area and there's there is literally bodies like meat sack kind of things hanging from the ceiling and it looks kind of a bit silent hillish it was a bit weird and like that's what the enemies are like they're like humans are slightly deformed but they've got things pierced through them and and it's obviously is a bunch of the prisoners because they were locked up in the cells but they've been experimented on or something i'm not sure what's going on and there was one file in the game that i found i came across that basically just talked about keeping people in their cells and keeping an eye on them in 48 hours or something like that but it had no real detail to it so unfortunately the playthrough i I had didn't really give me any more indication but 
the enemies themselves are kind of almost they're menacing in numbers but they're kind of bland by themselves they quite often you find them standing kind of with their backs turned but they do hear you quite easily yeah there's no character to them they're just an enemy so what, stage. what was interesting when the game was first announced, uh, the producers came out and said these enemies weren't affected by a virus. But in recent interviews, they seem to have changed their minds and said, "Yeah, a virus is involved." Raid mode had other enemies. They were, they were like the equivalents of what you expected from the first re- revelations. There was like a dog enemy yeah. that looked kind of like a version that's been this kind of afflicted kind of character. But of a dog, <laughs> but that's right. it. Like the, it's the same sort of thing. So it is kind of going back to that whole recycling thing. It is continuing on a different level. It's definitely a different virus of some sort, or a mutated virus from what we've seen before. So they look different, yes, mm. but they don't act drastically different. Um, they no. do, they, and they jump and they, you know, they do leap around. So it is more in that key of more recent games in some respects as well. Um, and they use weapons, they will attack you, they'll hit you from behind. Sometimes they don't always grab, sometimes they will club you. I think the enemies in Barry's level are slightly different. I think they're called Rotten. And if you see them in the woods, they're sort of definitely sort of skeleton, sort of dead body, you know, essentially zombies, really. I don't know if they'll play any different, but they've sort of gone for what they've done in Resident Evil 6, as in, you know, Leon will always fight zombies and Chris will fight Juavo, you know, just trying to make each level a bit more distinct. Mm. I wish they'd got um, Harry looking anything like he did in the uh, remake. I know some time has passed, but God, it, it, it looks nothing like him. It's a different character. Really. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, it was interesting because I read it. I, I read uh, some of them interviews that Biohazard France had done, and they said they actually consulted with the the writers of Resident Evil One on how to evolve Barry's character because we've obviously not seen him for so long. That's cool, though. Yeah. I mean, good for the backstory of the character and stuff, and, I, and it might end up being that that's one of the most appealing things about the game itself is that the game itself might be very standardised and very like what you expect, but the story will probably be the driving point to, to get you through. I mean, the other thing I did ask about as well was the episodic thing because I don't quite understand the point. <laughs> I really don't understand the idea of releasing it four weeks, over four weeks of an episodic thing. You could just release the game by itself in one big chunk it just seems so pointless to me like I can understand when someone like Telltale does it with The Walking Dead because they haven't they're still working on it and it gets released every few months um, they have a they have a plan and it's still being developed but this is obviously the story is written they have the whole thing put out well and, I was going to um, say weekly seems very odd doesn't it I mean it's if it's monthly even though it'd be longer in the waiting it, that seems more feasible for a computer game but weekly as you said just seems pointless I took the PR person. This is this is an interesting question because I said, how are people going to review this? Because they they're going to have to expect to put up a review every week. Um, are they going to send the whole thing to what, certain reviewers and they're going to have to, like this embargo and they can't talk about anything for each week? And it's going to be interesting because like when it comes to like they they the sort of aggregate review scores, it's you know the episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four, and then the complete thing together. But some reviewers probably won't even bother reviewing the thing until they've played all four parts anyway and. Uh, it just seems like a, a messy way to do it. Mm. I don't think any other company's ever done it like this so so quickly together. Have they? I, I can't think of anything. No, it's definitely this close together. Is definitely yeah. New. I've just done it before. The a couple of days before, and I'm I'm really hoping this didn't colour my opinion too much. But um, CBX Freak wrote a Tumblr post with kind of six points of why he thinks that the game's not going to sell very well, and it's it's a really good read actually. He's he's really thought it through. Um, and they're kind of the simple sort of reasons like um, just sort of things where it's looking, it doesn't look 
it doesn't look fun or inventive. You know, it it doesn't. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's, it's a niche kind of series to a certain extent. It's low budget. Um, the, the confusing way it's being marketed and released, and the episodic thing as well. Like they're all kind of elements. And and I, I kind of look over that list and go, after playing it, he seems he. I don't think he's played it, but it seems like those points are probably quite accurate. I, I have no idea how this is going to go. Yeah. As far as the fan fan community goes, or in general public, it seems very strange. I mean, even the latest trailer—it's something like two and a half minutes long, and a good sort of two thirds of it was dedicated purely to raid mode rather than the actual campaign, which I thought was very strange, considering you know it's a it's a one player based survival horror series. The partner system is going to be interesting as well. Like, um, Moira, uh, she has a flashlight. She doesn't use guns. Her thing is to uh, assist, open doors and so forth, and shine her torch, which has a limited, like, it's like a, it's almost like a zoom function, like she's, like, shining it brighter, but then it drains the battery, and you can only use it for a certain length of time to find hidden items and darkened bits of the environment. It's usually, like, ammo and herbs and stuff that are stuck in shelves. I, I kind of found that whole system kind of frustrating, <laughs> rather than just being able to find items lying around or see them on a shelf and going to wait for, like, a little sparkle as you're walking past where her flashlights... I mean, this is why you're playing as clear as well, you can see them. But um, you have to switch over to her to be able to, like, highlight them and then pick them up. It just seems like a kind of obtuse kind of way to do it. And I think much like what we were talking about with Zero, this certain item functions, it's, that's going to be quite frustrating, I think, in the long term. Is it more frustrating um, than the, the Genesis scanner in the first game? Because it's essentially the same function. It's it? essentially the same function, yeah. It's only because you have to switch over characters to do it, I think. Unless I, unless I, you could do it without switching characters, which I don't think you could. I think you had to get her to highlight it with her torch properly before you could actually pick it up as an item. At least it's more obvious in that the items will light up even when you're playing as clear. Like you walk past and her, and whereas flashlight she's holding will will catch the light of it and it'll sparkle. And so you'll go past, but it's just that extra bit of having to then switch to the character, then get into zoom in with the torch before you can pick it up. Whereas if it just like sparkled because her torch saw it, and then you go, oh, okay, I can pick that up, it'd be fine. But because it would be like old school, isn't it? You'd be like, oh, there's a sparkly item in the corner, I can pick it up. On the plus side, hasn't it been confirmed that um, items will not drop from enemies this time round? I didn't see any from my, from enemies, so yeah, this is probably in place of that. That's good. Mm. The theories of the story. It's just this. Uh... Everyone's speculating about this returning female villain because there's no real sort of suitable candidates. Because Capcom have made this cryptic comment of you'll have to be a really hardcore fan to know who it is, but it's someone who's very important to the overall mythology. God, because it would be it'll be someone so minor that is Rebecca. Yeah, or something like that. Who's been a member of the family or something, you know. She went crazy after, you know, Resident Evil Zero and started experimenting on prisoners <laughs> using her medical knowledge. No, it's Barry's wife who blames him for Polly's death. Yeah. The glimpses you see of her, she looks a bit like Ada or, you know, Carla Radame, but surely that's far too recent and too obvious. You don't have to be hardcore to know who that is. No. It, who's left? Well, there isn't anyone. That's why everyone's saying, oh, it's Alexia, or it's Annette Birkin, or it's Rebecca. Manuela? Or Christine Henry. Oh, but... Yeah, Christine Henry or a female Alex Wesker. No. Uh... <laughs> no. I'll say, I'll say Man... No, is Manuela? She's still alive. The what? voice sounds like it's uh, an actress called Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who um, is famous for playing uh, Matoko Kusanagi in the Ghost in the Shell TV series. 
having a lot to do with Silent Hill franchise as well. Oh, of course she is, yeah. Yeah, she's a singer, isn't she? Yeah. And voice actress in the uh, HD version of Silent Hill 2. Do you think it sounds like a Rombie? Because I've, I've, I've asked her on Twitter and she she doesn't reply to anyone who asks that question, so that kind of tells me that's... If it was her that I heard over the speaker system in the game, and I'm assuming that is the case, um, I could believe it was her, yeah. But at the same time, I'm not 100%. Like, it sounds like a voice that she would do, but it could be someone else, and it, yeah, I wouldn't know otherwise. You've got to remember what, what Capcom would consider a hardcore gamer to know. Well, this is it. I'd, I'd be surprised if Capcom knew who Christine Henry was at this stage. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> there's hardcore, then there's nerd. But if, it, if it is her, I'll be impressed. That, yes. <laughs> you, it's funny, too, because you say this, and I think the uh, even the producers kind of know that there are, like, not just hardcore fans out there, but, like, super hardcore fans who do know these facts. And I think they're not, they aren't trying to target that level. I think that's too, too far. So I, I think you're probably right. (laughs) (laughs) This is the problem with the fan base that we get so excited, don't we, about who it could be. And every, every time there's a new mysterious character, the, the, oh, it's got to be someone, someone that we know. It's got to be Ark or, oh, for Christ's sake. Ashley, it's Ashley. It's Ashley, yeah. Mind you, people have been uh, speculating about Art Thompson as well, because there's, <laughs> there's, there's a list of, uh, if you watch the intro sequence, there's a list of TerraSave members, and there's a name, Thompson, written on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, think it's just, I think it's just fan service again, and it's another one of the little nods to... Oh, can you remember when the first picture of Buddy came oh, out? Oh, yes. Yes. You know, even I, even I started to believe that it could be, it could be real. It's got Billy Cohen's quiff. Something's been changed. Where are you, Ark? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, if you think about it, if it's a, a hardcore person that a, a fan would know, a hardcore fan, I would think it was probably Ada, and Capcom would consider that to be hardcore mm. because she's oh, I mean I wouldn't be surprised I, w- I wouldn't put anything else other than that if it's anyone more intelligent than Ada then I'd be, I, I'd be impressed I, I'd say it has to be on the level of that the, you remember the original teaser that they did with the live action and then later that's just recently they went through the, that right. list and I think that's the sort of thing to that level because mm. that's what they're marketing it towards as far as hard, hardcore fans go so if you're able to pull out most of the stuff in that video mm. then you're probably the sort of thing that's what they're referring to that that sort of level I think that's where the, the sort of female Alex Wesker thing came from as well because if you look at that teaser trailer there's a, a woman in like a white business suit that yes. sticks out and she's wearing sunglasses like a reference to Wesker you know a few people picked up on that it could be absolutely nothing but she does seem to stick out from the background she, she wasn't she wasn't listed in the list that they just recently published because I know they published up the list of all the yeah. actual references and she was she was she was she not on it yeah but I remember the producers they originally had doubts about that trailer because they said there is some major spoilers in there uh, so there's stuff related to the game that hasn't mm. been shown I've just seen this list Nick I reckon you know <laughs> this <laughs> is <the> it <laughs> you know is, is it the first name's just cut off from the side of the image but there's another one in there uh, I think they've confirmed that Gina Foley is Rachel's sister or they're related in some capacity oh nice connection oh, to the good. first game then the female from Revelation boobies woman Hey, and we have a Spanish person, you know, called Pedro. Pedro. <laughs> Pedro Fernandez. There's a spoiler 
that I know about that already, unfortunately, from looking at the trophies list, which I shouldn't have done. I think there's like other members of TerraSave that get captured as well, and they sort of make up the rest of the NPCs. Yeah, there is a woman at the start. This is a spoiler. It's not really a spoiler, but basically, when you when you start the game, you start hearing screaming, and one of the um, afflicted is chasing this woman down, who gets killed, and she's part of TerraSave because Claire talks to more about her, yeah. um, saying she was a member of TerraSave. So that you, I assume there's going to be these sorts of elements, well, these sorts of events happening occasionally through. I saw some interesting uh, pictures in Famitsu as well of TerraSave members talking with Claire and Moira, sorry, and they seem to be outside in this field and they look to be trying to fix a helicopter to escape. Mm, I did see that. I think I saw those scans as well. That, that would be quite interesting if you had to sort of, you know, go around the island looking for these parts to fix the helicopter. That would be pretty cool. Just to go back to the plot theory, surely it's Jessica. You'd like to think so. but I mean, that makes the most sense, doesn't it? Mm. Sequel to Revelations, Mysterious Woman, pivotal to the plot, or at least she was in Revelations 1. Didn't they do a statement about no characters from the first game are in it? I don't know. I don't know if that might have been misinterpreted with the fact that they've said it's not a direct sequel to the first game. Oh, right. I didn't see any reference, but I don't even know where it takes place in the timeline. Does, does anyone know? It's 2011, is it? I think, isn't it? Yeah, 2011. They've not said how it features around Damnation, though, whether it's before or after. In the intro yeah. sequence, they make a reference that uh, Tricell have gone under. Okay, and there's also there's also references <laughs> to Resident Evil 5 as well, because there's that shot and the cheesy trailer yeah. within the trailer of them going into the village, yeah. They, they love getting rid of the big pharmaceutical villains in intros, don't they? I was going to say, Tri- Tricell was the only hope of a potentially returning villainous organisation, and mm. they just get rid of that in one sentence. But then again, it links back to what Sean said earlier about the possible sighting of Ouroboros on the island. Ouroboros! Because, as far as I'm aware, Tricell were the only people who had Ouroboros. Ouroboros! There's <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just I, uh, I mean, when we, we did the series playthrough, Revelation stood out to me the most in terms of just how much I don't like it as a game, really. It's certainly my least favourite, and yeah, that includes things like Survivor. Because I just, it just doesn't, epic. doesn't gel with me, Revelations, for some reason. It, you know, from the episodic content to the the style of gameplay it has, like what Rombie said about bottlenecking areas and then chucking loads of enemies in. And I just, I, all I see in the trailer is an extension of that. I'm going to say after playing what I've played, I mean, that's basically it. If you like Revelations, you're going to probably enjoy it because it feels like more of the same and if you didn't like it then you're not going to enjoy it because it's more of the same but like you say I think it, you know they've got 15 how many years 15 years of backstory for Barry to fill in so that might be a driving force well that's another thing this, through it. this interview said they've primarily focused on Barry's history from like Resident Evil 5 onwards they've purposely left a gap because they want developers to sort of have artistic freedom to further develop him in future games and I, and I asked about that too because that was one of the questions. I mean, I got I unfortunately got the probably pretty much the generic PR response, and I don't think I probably wouldn't have expected anything else. I said, you know, if if these episodes do well, the complete pack does well, will there be more more episodes that they would like to do, or you know, another sequel? And they were just like, it just depends on how it sells. Like, if, if the fans like it, then more will happen. If they don't, then it won't. But it does exactly leave that door open to tell more stories of a earlier time if they need to. Fan feedback seems to be a term Capcom use a lot of these days. 
But it's true too, because I think that I mean I expect that the HD version of the remake. I mean, if that sells really well, the reviews are really positive, then yeah. they'll look at it as a very serious option, especially in the face of the sales of Resident Evil Six and 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 the critical response as well. And the response from fans has been just as mixed as well. So yeah, and they they upset. The reason Barry and Claire were chosen as main characters was specifically because of fun feedback. Yeah, that's what I was told in person as well. Really? That's good. Well, we haven't played as Claire for a long time, really. This is why it's essential for the remake to do well. (laughs) (laughs) What, for what game? What do you want, remake? No. No, just in terms of the style of, you know, how to push the series on from here, you know. Oh, I see, I see. Did anyone else want to have any final previews of Revelations 2? The only other thing I could find out about the female villain is she's known as the Overseer. The Overseer. That that would make sense with the cameras and the taunting over the voice. I mean, I still don't quite understand the the wristband colour thing. It was something to do with fear. I don't see why that's relevant. There's obviously going to be more to it, but (laughs) it seems like a weird... It doesn't have anything to do with your your sort of stamina in the game, does it? No, I I got the feeling that the choice of colours was a reference in itself to the old style health system yeah. in the early games um, but no because the, the taunting comes over the phone, over the, sorry, the phone the comm system in the in the prison and it occasionally cuts away to like a static kind of CCTV camera shot during the occasional in kind of there are kind of in-game cutscenes and yeah there's this taunting about you know the bands about fear you're, you're, you know you're full of fear and blah 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 it's very weird but <laughs> hmm. we'll see how yeah we'll see how that unfolds whether that is useful to seem a very odd but they make a big deal of it in the trailer I think there will be more to it but it wasn't shown early on anyway I wonder if it has any hints to the kind of fear element suggests something like the scarecrow from Batman doesn't it with the with the mask and whether you know if you're, if you're more scared will later in the games will you be subject to say hallucinations and I don't know that's the only thing I can think of why, why would why would fear cause any difference or to have the wristband in the first place. What is the, this? Yeah, the absolutely. Yeah. But we'll, we'll we'll live to see, and uh, we'll inevitably report back. So I think that concludes our preview for Revelations Two. So we'll now move on to Resident Evil Remastered HD. There are only three Stars members left now: Captain Wesker, Barry, and myself. We don't know where Chris is. What is this place? Not quite your ordinary house, that's for sure. Hey, Whisker, where's Chris? Jill, no. You don't want to go back out there. But we've got to find... What was that? Chris? No. Jill, go and investigate. I'm going with her. Chris and I go back a long way. All right. You two go. I'll secure this area. Stay sharp. A dining room. So this is the HD re-release of the GameCube's Resident Evil, which itself was a remake of Resident Evil from 1996. 
now available, as I said, in HD. What was everyone's brief impressions of the game first? We'll start with you, Stars Tyrant. Well, I mean, if anyone's uh, been on the same sort of forums I have, they would know how vocal I was about how poor I thought this port was going to be. Just just going on on past history of Capcom, I thought it was honestly just going to be a cheap upscale, you know, where they would literally just take the old backgrounds and just port them into 1080. Playing it, yeah, they've they've pretty much silenced me. I think I I got the PS3 version back in November. I got it imported through PlayAsia, and um, I thought that version was good. But playing it on the PS4, I'm actually quite surprised how much better it looks in 1080. Uh, they've done a very, very good job with this. And every time I think I'm done with this fucking series, <laughs> it manages to find a way to claw me back. <laughs> and uh, yeah, playing it again is exactly how I remembered playing it back in 2002. So it kind of actually wasn't just like replaying a game again. It actually put me back in that mindset. It mm. was very special to play it again to be honest Rombi? well I, I i've got the pc version and okay. um it actually took me a while to get it to actually work which is a slightly <laughs> difficult problem um and i wasn't the only one <clears throat> so there's lots of people talking about online about how uh it was you'd, you'd put it up, put it on it'd be fine menus would load up fine and then you go to start the game and the frame rate was horrendous it was like 10 frames a second chugging along and you're like what is going on here and you go into the menus and you try and change it you know 30 frames 60 variable not nothing just completely changed so it took me a couple of days to actually even get it working and yeah after that fine and pc settings are amazing like putting up the maximum resolution is absolutely stunning i've tried to keep it in the 4x3 mode because I'm such a purist in that sense um, that I'd play it in the original mode. Um, I haven't actually managed to finish it because I haven't had the time, unfortunately, because I ended up so much of my time trying to get it to work. And then I actually had to change some some uh, hardware settings to get it to work. It wasn't actually just the game's problem. Um, so I managed to play about a quarter of it. Um, but I'm just stunned at, at, at how amazing it does look. Like They have really done a, a great job. I mean, I don't think Capcom's outsourced this, which I think is the main difference, at least most of it hasn't been outsourced because the credits for the at least on the pc version um have their subsidiary k2 which they purchased in 2008 credited so it means that basically they did it internally somehow <laughs> um which may may explain the major difference between this and other ports where they've outsourced it but yeah <laughs> stunning <laughs> what do you think to 60 frames a second wrong because it's, it's divided people but people who do prefer it say it's it's going to be hard to go back I think that's my response too. Like I, I started playing at 60 because I tucked on variable because that was the only way I could actually get it working even after I did my hardware fix. Um, I found, a, funnily enough, I found the solution. The same problem affected the PC port of Resident Evil 4, the most recent one, I think, because um, I've done twice, obviously, because of the way the game had been made and the way it had been ported, it runs at a certain frame rate and it runs at a certain speed based on other performance issues. And I could actually notice the difference between 30 and 60 when it was slow and I can now with that I've actually got a working prop I can see the difference between 30 and 60 quite clearly and I don't think I could go back to 30 I don't know what it would be like playing the PS4 or PS3 version because it's noticeable especially at first but it's definitely much smoother Batman? Yeah I I thought it was I was impressed I was like everyone else I was very hesitant at first but as soon as you turn it on and you start in the main hall and everything just looks polished it's you know, it, it did feel like 2002 all over again. 
the new lighting effects are great. The added 3D effects that enhance, you know, primarily the outside areas. Give or take a few minor hiccups, most areas look and sound a lot better, I think. Yeah, I would say it's the best it looks, even despite its problems it has with some areas. I um I didn't get it until Batman kindly sent me his copy in the post on PlayStation 3, and I've been playing it as much as I can in the last couple of days. I watched a review online, actually, and they said you remember things a lot differently to how it actually is, and it's talking about nostalgia and things like that. And most human brains have a very much an HD memory, and they showed a comparison of what actually the Wii ver- or the GameCube or even the Wii version looks like in comparison to the PlayStation 3 version. Because when I first played the, the HD one, I thought, well, it looks no different. But when you do actually go back and load up the GameCube version, you can see how blurry everything is. And I thought it's fine if you've still got an old-style TV monitor. Right, right, okay. But if you run it through a HD, it just looks terrible now. It does, and I was starting to sound like my dad, who still can't see the difference between Blu-ray and VHS. And <laughs> <laughs> but no, but yes, once I've seen the video, indeed, it looks sensational. It really does. Uh, I haven't tried it on 4x3, which is interesting, because um, everyone needs saying it's a bit better in 4x3 than it is in widescreen. I'm, I can... I'm a purist in that respect. I have to keep it the same. I've been told, and I've seen people commenting, actually, I just saw someone saying this just yesterday as well, like, um, especially on PC, if you run it at the highest resolution and you run it in full frame, the models for characters and enemies stick out quite a bit more than the backgrounds, because you're now running it not only at the biggest resolution, but slightly zoomed in, essentially. So the characters are larger, but they're more distinct from the background. So there's a, quite a big difference in quality. Right. So again, that's another reason to run it 4 by 3 on that. It's just, it, it reduces that level of problem. I was just going to say, my main excitement for the fact that I had it in disc format or anything else, when he's borrowing it in disc format, was the fact that I've got a... It's a nice t- it's a nice TV, I suppose, but it's a f- I've got a 5.1 surround sound system with a audio visual system. The PlayStation's plugged into that, and I've saved up for like five years trying to get really good speakers and surround sound speakers. So I've got like Cambridge Audios around the back. So I was very very excited about playing Resident Evil in 5.1 surround sound. Sound mix is very good in the HD. Really well, this nice. is this is the thing. I mean, I can play Resident Evil Six 5.1 surround sound, but it's not Resident Evil. It's not the, the the haunted mansion effect. And so the first time, literally, the lights were out, the surround sound was on, the subwoofer was on high, and you just sat down and watched the opening video, the opening CGI video, and then into the dining room, and then literally within. I would say a minute of me playing and picking up the controller, I jumped. And why was I jump? I played this game you know, quite a few times. Why did I jump? Because the fireplace sound from the, I think it was the fireplace <laughs> from the dining room just sparked to life on, on, on my left hand side because it just literally only came out of that speaker. I check like, what was that? And I know nothing comes out of you know nothing happens in the dining room on the ground floor, but that wasn't the point. And it was an incredible experience. And as uh, Bats and Sean have both said, it wasn't just playing like a game from 2002. It took you back to 2002. It took you back to the experience of not knowing what the hell was going to happen next. And for me, it was so immersive with all the surround sound. I mean, literally, you know, when the crows, you know, in, in the crow corridor, they were just coming from behind you. 
And the zombie groans. A good example is when you're in the dining room second floor and you come out of that main door and you've got the zombie opposite you. He travels from one speaker to the other. Yeah. That was incredible. Absolutely incredible. And, oh, it was amazing. I haven't played the game for so long, so much so that I died twice. Falling for the the imitation key puzzle, which I completely forgot about. That killed me. And then the shotgun room puzzle, because I was just waiting for Barry to come. Because I always thought he did, and he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Such as my... Lo- Honestly, I haven't played it for so long. I was like, that's all right. My, my wife's home. So like, well, the room's caving. Yeah, Barry will be in a minute. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and I just sat there going, oh... I honestly I forgot, but it is oh brilliant! It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, the remastered sound is really good, and I I personally like the ambient wind noise that plays in the main hall now. I think that's mm. a really nice touch. Yes, yes, and, and the sound effects are very good as well. Um, the movement of the dogs sounds quite creepy as well. I was going to say people were quite worried about the sounds beforehand because some of the videos they released early on they hadn't fully finished the sound effects. I don't think so. There was a lot of compressed sound. And oh. items, and there was a little worry that maybe the final product wouldn't wouldn't quite live up to the standards they were hoping to go for. But obviously, that's not been the case. Obviously, with the exception of a few music tracks, which are oh not... no, that's the only downside for me. Really. Only... Yeah, I'll be honest, I haven't got very far because I've had time. I'm going through it at my usual snail pace, even on good old easy mode. What soundtracks have have changed? There's there's eight tracks, eight or nine tracks, and they're the original tracks, but they've just been pitched correctly incorrectly sorry and so they sound sped up or distorted and they're, they're there they just they could probably be patched correctly there have been people doing it for the pc version of corrected the audio files but the console versions still suffer unfortunately i only noticed one really uh, which was the music that plays when you meet rebecca in the infirmary i think that's the yeah. one that most people notice that's the, the one most. yeah that's the one that stands out but things like the the second guardhouse music, I think, sounds better, slightly sped up. The lab was off-putting for me, the first track in the lab. I think it's lost a little bit. Is it a bug, or is it something... It's, that... It just seems like an, an oversight. I mean, it might be a bug, but it, it just could be an oversight of the way the, the files were, were made. But it, it can be easily fixed as, as the... I mean, people were patching the Xbox version and pc version people can just replace the files with corrected ones and and it's completely fine so i don't think it'd be very hard thing to fix but whether or not they want to release a patch for it just for one thing it's probably not going to happen not for that sort of size what i found interesting this is the first time actually on i think on playstation or certainly playstation 3 that i've played with the with the the old-fashioned tank controls I found it weird that Square wasn't run, um, <laughs> things like that. But you know, it's just because it's old. And then, then just through exploration, I found that oh, there's a new there's a new control system with the analog stick, which was I, hor- horrendous. I personally prefer the old style time controls. I think they're more coherent. Going through camera angle changes and everything. You know, you yeah. always know up is forward yeah. for your character all yeah. the time. The new controls make the game a lot easier because, and there's various reasons for it, but the main reason is the way the animations work as well in response to to the turn of new of the characters under the new controls, which actually makes the game, especially fighting enemies, much easier. Oh, okay. I might try that. But I, I, I agree with what Sean just said. It Because of the way pre-rendered backgrounds work, that the tank controls are perfectly suited for that environment. Mm. And... I, I was going around in circles for the first time. I was like, what the hell? Charlie's analog stick. <laughs> I, I remember I remember playing things like Devil May Cry and, and even got, I think God of War still had those sort of controls where 
you push in a direction and the camera changes and then all of a sudden you're going the opposite back the way you came from or turn around if you if you don't let go of the stick or something like that or if you accidentally do let go of the stick and push again thinking you're pushing the right direction so yeah i can easily understand in pre-renders that just isn't it's not an easy thing to deal with one nice thing they did add to the controls was the the quick reload function yes love it yeah really do love that Mm. even though i always press the fire button to reload and waste the precious magnet (laughs) bullet I didn't find there was too many problems with, with some of the lesser quality areas. The aqua ring probably does stand out the most. There's some compression artifacts, but it's still not that bad. And I think the PS4 version, I should say the PC version, is the same. Um, all the aliasing problems that the PS3 version had with the birdcage corridor clearly looking actual 3D is nearly all but gone in the 1080p resolution. That's definitely the case in the PC version as well. It looks pretty sharp, and you've got three filter, different filtering options as well. So even if you can, if you look at the right certain filter and it does have some in it, then you can change to another one and it reduces it even more. But of course, obviously, it requires more performance power if your PC is lacking. <laughs> is there any improvement to the Aqua Ring on the PC? I unfortunately haven't got that far, so I'm only still just getting to the end of the mansion section. So. Which is a bit unfortunate because I actually wanted to see how bad it was with my own eyes because I have obviously been reading everyone's comments. It's obviously one of those things that they've had to make this compromise because I think it was one of those areas that probably should have been completely redone in 3D but was probably going to take a lot of time and effort. And so they've tried to like go, ah, oh, this is the one area we may just have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's still not as bad as some people are saying, though. Yeah, it's not a disaster. It's got like a a green tint to it and all the lights are very saturated to sort of block out some of the ropier details but it seems to be like the areas where there's water like dripping water and like sharp reflections they're the areas that seem to suffer the most like the certain sections in the underground caves with water running down the the walls that seems to stick out i was going to say i think even in the original gamecube version certain areas like that were never the sharpest anyway in the version they had so I mean, I, I, I might be wrong because I know that people have ripped them, a lot of the backgrounds from the original GameCube version, but I think I'm pretty sure I remember those sorts of things in the original to a certain extent as well. So if you take those originals and are trying to now put them up to a much higher resolution, it's only going to get much worse. So that's probably not surprising. The only other thing as well is that some of the, um, the garden areas are actually completely static now, save for a few bits of grass and you know foreground branches that move like I the, did think uh, that, yeah. the graveyard bit where you have to put the arrow mm. in the the gravestone the trees in the background are static now whereas on the gamecube and wii they did actually they were slightly animated because the, the whole environment's now 3d isn't it yeah and they've just added some foreground foliage and made mm. that move to give you that impression a lot of the outside areas do look a lot better though standout area for me is the back door of the mansion that little sort of passage that leads to the shed I think that looks really good now. The only one I'd seen beforehand, because I went to the London Comic Con and they showed a little bit of the game on PS4, and they showed the the uh, outdoor area just beside the area where you get the shotgun, where the dogs are outside of the fence running back and forth, jump over the fence, yeah. and it looked quite nice. Going back to the camera, do you think the new camera works or not, the 16x9 view? I only played I mean, it on 16x9, so they change it, don't they? Because so, so it's not quite pre-rendered. Some of the angles move, doesn't it, when, as you as you move along? It's just because the image is slightly zoomed in. So yeah. It's, it's the, the pan and scan. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's, that's, that's a good sound. But I don't know. I mean, I, 
I, I didn't play it in 4x3 because I've got a widescreen TV and I thought I'm not going to do that. So I, I, I can't really comment, but I, I didn't notice any anything major with the uh, widescreen format. But I mean, I thought it was going to be quite jarring, but I think it's it's very, very subtle and you can hardly notice the camera moving. No, no. In, in some areas. The only right. place it detracts really is when your character's close up to the screen and sometimes it cuts the head off. Um, <laughs> but the zoomed in image, you, you know, it, you could pick up some sort of details in the environments that you couldn't pick up before like the scratched out faces on the paintings on the staircase you can really see them now whereas you couldn't really in the original version i also never knew that there was two little figurines by the dining room mantelpiece Mm. there's like two little i can't even describe them but just like robed figures yeah, but there's there's lots of lovely new details you can pick out. Like in the Black Tiger's lair in the mining tunnels, you can see like it's got like a load of cocooned bodies webbed up in the ceiling, and I never noticed them at all in the in the GameCube version. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing I noticed was the mansion hall, the kind of white marbled floor. It's yeah. just sort of kind of white marbled, uh, but actually you can see the kind of black texture lines within the marble, and that was something I never really noticed uh, the first time round. Do you think Capcom did have the original assets or not? They must have had some because they were able to remake the areas in 3D for Umbrella Chronicles. But was that not a patchwork job? Because if you look close at some of the textures, they're completely different to the GameCube version. Yeah, I was talking about this on the, over on the Horrors Live a while back because some of them obviously look like the same sort of assets and some of them don't. Um, but then there's also the Pachenko machine that they used to make cutscenes from as well that someone brought up. Um, that had new scenes made in the environment. So there's obviously some assets around, but maybe they just don't have a complete archive of the 3D environments they made for the for the game originally to take the pre-renders from. Because, I mean, what rooms are fully 3D? There's the crypt, isn't there? The birdcage corridor room, the tiger statue room, and the power maze room, the second one with the sort of red tint. Is that fully 3D now? It looks like it is. I'm not sure about the power room, to be honest. I didn't notice it, which means it must have been a good job. I mean, it looks good. I only noticed it when you put an MO disc in the uh, terminal thing, because when you do that with the other two, it, it gives you this sort of like oil painting effect, and it looks quite mm-hmm. bad. But in yeah. that particular room, everything's nice and smooth. I guess the other thing about it is the, um, like, you look at the Bukage room, I think that what they've done is they've taken the original pre-rendered shots and being able to pull certain textures from it and reuse those textures just from the original pre-renders, like the wallpaper and stuff. And the rest have just been replacing textures or things with stuff that looks like close approximations as much as they can in 3D. And then I've only seen the ones from the mansion, so I don't don't know if that extends beyond that. Because, I mean, I don't really know how all this works, but as I understand it, the camera angles from the original are essentially just photographs taken of a 3D image, aren't they? And then yeah. they're pressed and layered with sort of 2D effects that create like the, the moving grass and things. Is that right? Yeah. There's a video that they put up, I don't know if you remember, but um, when the game was about to come out, so between kind of sometime in 2001 and 2002 when it came out, every week they'd put up a video about a part oh, of the that. game. Yeah. And one of the ones they put up was a fly-through of the of certain environments in the mansion in 3D. So it shows you the environments. I'll see if I can find it. You can post it. I remember the, it. Uh, yeah, it was with, fantastic. With the, pod, yeah. with the uh, podcast. But, um, it's yeah, it's a really good video. And um, and it, so it basically shows you how the they would have made the environments fully in 3D and then chosen the camera angles in the environment and then taken the angles they wanted. 
Because they would have had to have been quite compressed to fit onto two GameCube discs, would they not? Yeah, but then again, this is this is the difference. There'd be original high-resolution assets that they took of those stills, but there probably would also be high-resolution assets of the original 3D environment somewhere, but that's only if archives were properly kept, which, mm. given other companies' histories of not keeping good archiving, probably not. <laughs> So all they've done really is upscale the backgrounds and replace the 2D effects with 3D textures, like the candle holders and things. Yeah, I mean, the original would have had, for those animations, they would have made those 3D environments with like 3D elements that were animated and then taken either a video or a series of stills and stitched them together to make the animated backgrounds. But for these ones, instead, because it's so hard to... I mean, that's what they talked about in the developers' videos. They couldn't... um, reuse the animated environment frames because they were so low quality that they that's why they replaced them in 3d and so they've just basically that's why certain elements as well have been replaced even in the ones that are still the original pre-renders because they were better quality than having a pixelated mess close to the camera because mm. i noticed they've changed the um the body of the researcher in the guardhouse haven't they the one who got poisoned by the wasps He's now a fully 3D uh, model, and you can actually play as him. I've seen PC mods where you can actually play as that character now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that as well. Oh, yeah. brilliant. And his and head's it's... all uh, inflated and, you know, bumpy because of all the wounds. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Another difference, I suppose, we have is the fact that you can play with Jill and Chris in their BSAA costumes, which is quite nice. Yeah, and the, you can select costumes from the outset now. As in, you know, once they're unlocked, you choose them from the menu. Mm. Could you only ever change if you went to the the closet? You couldn't ever change them from the menu in the GameCube, could you? No, you, yeah. had, you had to go to that closet, get the closet key, didn't you, and go there. Okay, so we, we kind of touched on, I suppose, the, the technological side of things. What were the negatives that have arisen out of this? Uh, the sound is obviously an issue. The loading times, the saving is just it's just horrendous. Mm. You know, it, nearly everything it does, you know, it's one of those Capcom games, and if you've played many recent Capcom games, they're absolutely terrible. Like the fighting games, you know, they save the fact that they've loaded. You know, it comes up with a loading screen, then it saves the fact that it's shown you the loading screen, and oh, and then it gives you a note about how you shouldn't turn your console off while it's saving, yeah. and it shows you the icon while it's saving, even after it's saved. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this was the thing when I was going through the problems of the PC version getting the frame rates. One of the other problems, which is a known error as well, is that sometimes you go into the options menu, you change your options for your video settings or whatever you go to start the game. Of course, in this case, the game's not running properly, so I'd quit back to the main menu, go back into the options, and then when you went to go change something, there would be a, a, an application error because there's some coding problem with it where you can't make two changes in the same thing until it would crash. Oh. <laughs> and. Um, and so every time I was loading it up, I was now sitting through the Capcom, I go, skip that. Then the zombie would rise up from the thing in the, the Dawn of the Dead homage, and then you'd decide to skip that. And then the title screen would come up saying, press any key, push any key, then it would save. Then it would tell, <laughs> tell me about saving. You know, it would come up with the turn the PC off or whatever while this is on. <laughs> then I'd hit OK on that. Then the menu would come up, and I'd have to go through the whole process again and again. <laughs> so... I mean, this is back when I was trying to change all the filtering settings and how many, how the frame rates and stuff. I mean, there are problems, obviously, with the PC version, and, and, and as I found out, it's not just related to this PC version of this game. It's related to other versions of ports that Capcom's done in the past, so there's obviously some sort of optimization thing. 
yeah, it's it's weird. And I don't think a lot of a lot of people just fixed it by changing it to variable and lots of people were like me and couldn't I just managed to find another way to fix it. But I don't know if that'll work for everyone else. It'll <laughs> there's probably lots of people out there who probably bought the PC version and still can't play it. <laughs> With regards to any other issues, God it still would have been nice if they'd given us a true campaign. That's oh, sure wishful thinking. That is very wishful thinking. Uh, but there's been a few people who've moaned about, well, why isn't there any, you know, new areas? Why isn't there new game modes? Why isn't there new weapons? And it's like, well, I think you're just having completely unrealistic expectations there. Yeah, and that's another thing is the, the, the way that it has been lambasted by the fan base for. But there could have been some files. Well, I read an interview somewhere that said Capcom didn't want to add anything new to the game because there were certain things programmed into the internal mechanics that generate all the random elements, like when zombies rattle on the doors and come through and burst through windows at random times. They were worried that would break that internal programming if they added anything new in, so they decided not to bother. To be honest, the fact that the game has been trapped on Nintendo consoles for the last 13 years, the fact that it's now available to everybody is the best thing for me. Yeah, but it would have been nice to have something about Talos, <laughs> wouldn't it? I'm happy for all that to stay in the Chronicles games, to be honest. Yeah, but Talos is there. We know he's there. Somewhere in, in, in the lab. <laughs> A Sergei clone is in the lab. <laughs> God, I mean, how far has the game progressed? Well, we still you know, don't know where the hunters have come from either, do we? No, that's true. Hidden away in the lab somewhere and nobody knows where. Yeah. That, that it's, just, it's just a show of how far Resident Evil has progressed from a basic haunted mansion game to saying, no, there's a there's a clone of a former Russian Soviet leader hidden in this lab somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a big tyrant with a white coat, you know, bro- say, bright orange HUD coming to get him. With the new graphics, when Wes goes at the uh, computer as they burst in on him on the lab, it does actually look like he's doing something with files and things like that. <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> He's actually doing some work. <laughs> but, I mean, I with regards to the game itself, I mean, I, I know nostalgia is a big thing for a lot of people, but personally for me, it is like it's lightning captured in a bottle, but for me it's not aged. It is every bit the game it, it was back then. I suppose I think you would that... argue bias is on my side in that sense. But... Well, no, I was about to say I don't think bias is on your side because I think it wouldn't be getting good reviews uh, as it is now in this version if it wasn't still just a good game even in its own merits, like I think they have they've preserved the original experience, haven't they? It doesn't. Yeah. When you play it, it doesn't feel different. It's just literally been polished. But it shows you how. I mean, at the time, this was a triple A rated game. You know how far a new triple A rated game on any console is. If this came out now, it would be considered an indie game, mm. wouldn't it? It would just be, oh, look at this. Oh, it's a little, a little yeah, story about go- you know, zombies in a mansion. But in credit to that, then, Nick, is being regarded as an indie title, nearly everything that's critically acclaimed now is an indie title, and the people are moving away from that yeah, sort of Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the, the sort of AAA thing is, you know, look at the Call of Duty still topped all the sales and everything this year, but it's been definitely a more muted reception to the previous Call of Duties. Well, I, I had the misfortune of watching YouTube and a trailer came up for the next expansion pack on Call of Duty and they were advertising zombies with jetpacks. <laughs> and I was like, what on earth is this? I hadn't actually paid any attention to that. That sounds ridiculous. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't know. It's advanced warfare. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess it makes sense <laughs> in the context of the game. They're like, well, we're going to add the zombies mode like we have to the others. And now we're because we've got this futuristic game where you can run on walls and all this sort of stuff, the zombies have to be more advanced too. So what can we give them? Jetpacks. <laughs> but yes, no, you're right. That's the hope for them, I suppose. It's all by remake, so we can get another game like it. On that, though, you know, I will we'll say to the community... Be careful what you wish for, because a Resident Evil 2 remake... Oh, God. No, You no. know, the Capcom who made the remake is, does not exist now. Mm. The remake itself was made because nobody knew what was going to happen next with the franchise. There was delays and all that sort of stuff. At the time, I mean, and Resident Evil 4 that we got, for example, happened because the remake didn't sell very well on the GameCube, so everyone thought at the time that this game was a failure, really, as far as Capcom management was concerned. They went, oh, well, it sold pretty poorly. That seemed like a uh, seemed like a bad idea, but hopefully this will change their mind that they realised oh, it was just because it was on a really specific console that was the smallest user base at the time, and people just didn't get the chance to play it. Well, yeah, I mean, surely that's proved with Resident Evil 4, though, when it came on PS2. It must have done quite well when it came on PS2. But but, but I think it's not so much about that. It's about the fact that they may have considered the actual game itself a failure, not because of the content, but just because nobody wanted the remake. You know, that, was, that wasn't what people wanted. They were wanting a new game. And Resident Evil 4 proved it because it sold so well and blah, blah, blah. It's tough, though, because I think after Resident Evil Zero, the series did need to kick up the boot in terms of moving forward, I think. Uh... Oh, I'm not saying Resident Evil 4 was definitely, obviously, a wrong thing to do, but more that they just didn't. Because the remake sold not very well in 2002 on the GameCube, that they, they'd made a wrong decision with even making it. And and that's probably another, maybe another reason why it's taken so many years for a port to actually appear as well. That Everyone's like, eh, well, that never really sold really well in the first place. I don't think there's any real reason to, to release it again. Yeah, I, I really wouldn't want to see a Resident Evil 2 remake. In my in my opinion, it's, it, it's as good as it's going to get already. The, I think the only way it would work if it was literally a shot-for-shot remake and they just kept all the exact camera angles and made it a literal remake that's the only way i'd accept it quality issues with the actual fmv the content of something like um hunk's team taking on birkin i think from a directorial point of view and music and everything like that is flawless i think it's you know it's perfect and when you look back through like dark side chronicles interpretation of it it's embarrassing it's Mm. it's it's really bad and and that's what I think the remake would be. It, it, it's just you know, Cameo is is not around to make it. Who has blocked me on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, the talent within Capcom is just not the same ilk. I don't think. As sorry as I am to say. You, you say Dark Side Chronicles take on it. What about Operation Raccoon City's take on it? Exactly. You know, you know that, that I know that was that, outsourced, but that's the fear. Isn't it? We, oh, well, we can... it's, it's not even just the, that fear. It's just that you know that no one can recreate. I mean, the, the remaking of itself is different than the PlayStation original. Yeah, and yeah. it's just lucky that it's a, it's in a, mostly in a good way. Like there are very little things that people would complain about that, that weren't improved. But the chances of that happening again are very slim, especially with a game that. Resident Evil was popular. The first PlayStation Resident Evil was popular, but that sequel was massive. It was a huge, huge game in its time, and it's still a favourite for so many people that it can only be a crushing disappointment to be remade. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking as well with regards to that when I was playing through the, the remake HD. I actually do miss one area from the very original, and it's the original library with the newspaper scrapbook. Yeah. yeah. 
you could find the um, observatory, which gives you yeah. an over the heliport. I do yeah. miss that. I, I miss like that, that, yeah. Really good area. And the dialogue. I miss the dialogue from the first game. Well, in the PC version, Nick, it is, it is being modded back into the game. Is it? It is indeed. Yeah. It is indeed. Awesome. So there are videos. I'll get you. I'll find you a couple. Oh, that'll be quite good. What is that? I'll go and check. Okay, Jill and I will stay in the hall in case of an emergency. Chris? Take care. Yes. Chris, investigate if you hear any gunfire. All right. It's interesting too, like, as far as the PC version has gone, I've been seeing, like, you reading through comments of people who have never played this before, it's been very funny. And probably even some people that have played it before are asking some ridiculous things like, why does it not have a first person mode? Oh, Christ. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's honestly, if you look at the page for it on Steam, it's definitely worth a chuckle. But people as well, because it's a PC version, it can be modded. People being really creative with it, um, and, and they're, they're taking interesting pictures and using the models from the game and putting them in weird things and putting old skins in. Like people have been putting in skins from the PlayStation bonus costumes there, you know, director's cut ones as well. So it's going to it's going to have an extra life because of this as well because people will just keep tinkering with it. Uh, okay. There you go, Nick. Oh uh, yes, uh, feast uh, your eyes on that one. <laughs> or he is. I'll have a look. This house is too dangerous. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> as a side note, it's actually nice to have a a version of remake that plays at the full speed as well because. If you play the original PAL version, the characters run in slow motion, and mm. Peter Jessup's Wesker speaks so slowly, he sounds like he's stoned. <laughs> you can um, force 60 hertz on it mm. to speed it back up. But... And what was nice is that whenever I win the Euro Millions lottery, I can see how my future main hall will look. Yeah. <laughs> I've told the wife, we'll build a house, but the, open, the main hall will be an exact replica of the main hall from... <laughs> And uh, it, I said, look, this is our new new hall. And she's like, I'm not interested. <laughs> I was just going to say, even though the, the backgrounds have varying degrees of quality in this remake, at least all the sort of key hotspot areas, if you like, all look to be significantly improved, yes. like the main hall and the dining room and the, the guardhouse gallery and the courtyards and things. It's only really minor areas like the bar, the sort of music room bar where you push the shelf to get the music mm. notes that look really rough. I did notice that, yeah, when I was there. I, I, I wondered if something had gone wrong. I said you can hardly see yourself walking past the bar. It's all very blurry. But there we go. Wait till you fight Lisa Trevor in the crypt and she goes to get the skull from Jessica's sarcophagus. It's like watching something from a Sega Master System game. <laughs> I mean, aside from that, it's worth noting as well. I mean, it says so much about the quality of the original pre-renders that were made, you know, 13, 14 years ago, that they've held up being essentially blown up for the most part, you know, to a high level. And the only ones they've had to replace, re- replace have not been because of that quality issue, but mostly because they were animated, like to get the lighting right or to get it looking like moving right. So, I mean, people have to say a lot of negative things about the pre-renders, like in general about games with pre-renders, but obviously to a certain degree, they just had to, the, releasing a pre-rendered background game on the GameCube just hit that sweet spot between fake backgrounds looking crap and, and really good quality ones with lots of detail. 
yeah, the character models look fantastic. And um, I don't know, I've been a broken record on this, but so nice to have a Jill back that we recognise. Yes. <laughs> I recognise that woman. Though you can switch her to another version, obviously. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, to lower the tone, but Jill's chest. Oh, no. I was, sure. <laughs> I was wondering when this was going to come up. I was told this actually existed in the original version, but it I've does. never noticed yeah. that before. Yeah, it does. What, what, it just, what, what, it just what? seems to be exaggerated quite excessively. I don't know if it's because it's easier and clearer to see everything, but I remember there was conversation about this when the game originally came out. And if you go back to the original videos, there's a video of... I don't know what the point of the video was, because obviously it was on the Japanese website, but there's her doing, like, high kicks. No, I remember and, that. Oh, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. And if you look at that, you'll see it's it's in that video as well. So that's... What have know, they done? 13, her, 14 years old. Increased her bust size. Just a lot of movement. A lot of movement, right. Just just while walking, lots of movement. Unrealistic looking movement. Oh, well, it's Japanese. Um, uh, <laughs> exactly. How far did you get without dying? And I've already filled you in on that by saying I got to the uh, <laughs> to the room with the with the where you had to put the imitation key in. So the answer is not very far. And then the second playthrough, I got to the shotgun room and died then. I got killed by the second hunter. I couldn't fucking believe it. Ah, so quite a long way. (laughs) It did did an almost, um, you know, like original biohazard trick on me. It is that like I was on reasonably good health and it just did like a near near insta-kill. Absolutely speechless. There have been people saying that, I don't know if it's something's been tweaked or changed, but there's been lots of people saying that the hunters are really much more difficult in this than they were in the original. I, I don't know. I haven't had the chance to experience it. Obviously, I haven't got that far, but but there were. I remember seeing a lot of posts even going back to the PS3 release last year that well, when people were importing it. One thing that made me jump is when you go and see Enrico in the caves, as soon as he dies and you pick up the crank, a hunter comes in the room straight away and it's on you within like a second. And um, I don't know if that was in the original or not, but it... There was one in it, the room. It yeah, made it me jump. Maybe it was that speed difference between the old PAL version and yeah, the... Yeah, possibly, yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to think of the second time I died, but I can't remember. I was just going to say, I the first time I played it, once I finally got it working, I was just using keyboard... I'm playing on a laptop, so I've got like a tracking mouse and keyboard. It's very awkward and used a pad to play it. So I got as far as I think upstairs dining room kind of hallway areas where I was going upstairs to get the to to replace the the fake key and not fall for the trap. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And uh, I forgot there was two zombies in the uh, the hallway with all the torches in it, and uh, one of them killed me. So. I got eaten by the Neptune because I I, I forgot to get the key from the bath in the dormitory room, so the door was locked, so I had to wade back, and I got eaten by the shark. I did the V-Jolt thing and then got saved by Barry on this run, but did did anyone else notice a more aggressive Plant 42? Because SG-79, I think on Biohaze, said he noticed it's a lot harder. Yeah, I, I was going to say I haven't got that far either, but I have. He, he, I saw his comment. I saw a couple of people's comments saying the same thing, along with, as I said, the hunters as well. What about the Chimera? Same. Tyrant. So, the Tyrant. I had a really cool fight with the Tyrant today. A really cracking camera angle of it gutting Rebecca. <laughs> um, but normal. I, I always thought the Tyrant sort of grabs the NPC and sort of hoists him in the air, and you've got like a few seconds to shoot it before it, it either kills him or throws him away. Um, yeah, usually it does. 
in no. this case, it just dashed at Rebecca and just gutted her, you know, right in front of me. It was really cool. <laughs> oh, there are some truly bizarre mods for the remake. I'm just looking at some images. Uh, on the I PC told version. you. We have Tommy Vassetti from Grand Theft Auto Vice <laughs> City walking around <laughs> the mansion on one of the images. We have Ada Res 4 with Jill's head. <laughs> <laughs> They've got far too much time on their hands, this community. But cool, like you say, it'll extend the longevity of it. So Yeah, people will put crazy things. I mean, it may open the ability for people to mod the game's mechanics as well. I mean, that's what a lot of the other games that people mod do. So people might be able to make an arranged mode where things are moved around or whatever just because of the PC version can be opened up. Might not be possible, but it might be. Because we have to wait and see. Okay, uh, final conclusions, and I think really, what um, in terms of is is this the the definitive version of the game? Do, do you prefer it on the GameCube? Mainly talk about controllers more than anything else, I suppose, or or even the Wii Archives version. I think it is. I'll, I'll never go back to the GameCube now. I don't think. Oh, it's a great console. Once Zero <laughs> comes out on the PlayStation, I can finally get rid of. All my Nintendo stuff. No! Sacrilege. What about... Oh, have you got Umbrella Chronicles and stuff on PS? Yeah, I got the HD version. I think it looks... I was really impressed with how well that looked, actually. Mm, I agree with that as well. It was actually surprisingly art porn. Mm. You can't get that on disc format either, can you? No, sadly. No, uh, not outside of Japan. Yeah, you could get it in Japan. The PS4 version of the uh, remake retail is abysmal. If you've not heard about that, Nick, there is a retail version of the PS4 remaster. It is a download code in a box. Oh, no! Oh, that's awful. I was going to mention, I just reminded me, actually, you mentioned the download code. One thing that has been really good was the the fact that the, the PlayStation version was a cross-buy um, yeah, yeah, in America and in Europe. Um, in America, it was a pre-order cross-buy, and then in Europe, it was for the... Well, it still is currently, as of this recording, but it might not be by the time it comes out. I think until the 3rd of Feb, um, it's a cross-buy still on the on the PlayStation Store, which is pretty awesome. So it means if you wanted the PS3 version and you wanted that, you get it there now, and then later on, if you get a PS4, you can play it again on that, or vice versa. If you had a PS4 and then you wanted to let someone else play the PS3 version because they've got a PS3, then they can play the PS3 version. So it's quite a cool, cool thing, That's I thought. Good. Another thing I must add quickly, the remote play on the Vita, the game looked absolutely exquisite on a Vita screen. Like, phenomenal. I don't think anyone owns a Vita, Stars Don't. I do. It's it, oh. it really good. I've been playing the remake in bed, it's marvellous. Are you the only one? <laughs> <laughs> no one has been able to play it so many times. Just sitting there in bed playing away on his Vita. It is. Honestly, it's wicked. Really, really good. It lends itself very good as a portable experience, actually. You're not the only one I've heard say that. I've heard quite a few people saying it's it's quite good. It's just a shame that Revelations didn't. You know, the upscale artifacts and that are all lost on the Vita screen, so it just looks like really super impressive. Okay, um, Ty, you mentioned at the beginning, really, um, just to kind of wrap up, that you were it's rekindled your love for the series. Because this is the, this is the first time. Obviously, we did the series playthrough, and that brought back a lot. Because, you know, actually playing through the series chronologically, it does bring it all back a little bit. But I don't know what it was about this experience. Maybe it was just the fact that for the first time in a long time, it's the remake looking like the remake and not mm. playing a low-quality version of it through a brand-new HDTV and it just looks pixelated and terrible. It was the experience 
as you remembered it being. And that's yes. what that's what all re- HD remasters should do. They should appear how you remember them. Before and, the onset of HD TVs. Yeah, and it was. And it all just comes flooding back, all the memories of like... You know, because it had been another year on, it was the first time I've played it as Jill in probably 10 years, because I mainly always play it as Chris when I'm revisiting the series. But I thought this time, you know, PS4 version, PS3 version I did as Chris, PS4 version I'll try as Jill. And there's just little bits I actually couldn't remember. And it was great having to sort of yeah. try and refresh my mind. And fan- just a phenomenal game. Do you know what? The, um, for me, I completely forgot how to do... Well, I didn't forget, but I got to the room with all the B-lures... I know it's not much of a puzzle, I'll be honest, but <laughs> it was, um, you know, with, with Barry's in it as well. And I, I, I couldn't remember, I, I knew if you got it wrong, was it, is it gas in that room? I don't think I've ever failed it, to be honest. I know the bee comes alive when you do it. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 could, I, I knew the bee came alive, I couldn't remember if you were attacked by a swarm of bees. If you could, so I was petrified about getting it completely wrong. <laughs> but yeah, you do, you do get that kind of self-satisfaction of being able to get a puzzle right, even if it's completely minor. And it's just something that doesn't really happen nowadays in computer games. Daggers me. Some reviews have said the puzzles are hard. Like Eurogamer's review pulled out the fact that the uh, the dog whistle puzzle is implausible, but the, the the fucking file it comes with tells you where to go to use it. Mm. You it's know, a, it's a picture of the balcony. <laughs> yeah, it tells you the balcony on the east wing or something. Yeah, Jesus. There's certain things as well that you seem to always remember. Like for some reason the the uh, the cord you need for the power coil thing to get the elevator working in the mines. I've always managed to remember that, and I don't know why. Is it four, four, four two, two three, three one? one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you lose it. <laughs> I, I don't know why though, because it's something I've never focused on. It's just sort of stuck in my head. It's, yeah, it's this thing like Jill's identification number. I'll never ever forget that. WKD forty four ninety six. But then there's other things like fuck that box where you've got to you put the jewel in and well, the mirror falls apart and you've got to put it back together. <laughs> One thing I couldn't ever remember was this in the original because I must have always fluked it. The box that you get in the armor room, you know, the armor puzzle, the knights. Did you always have to push the switches in a certain way there to get the death mask out? I'm pretty sure you did, yeah. I could never, I couldn't remember that. I, I thought, you know, they've added something here because I can't remember <laughs> how to open this bloody box. We normally finish these with a favourite moment. I suppose that hasn't changed too much from when we did the original remake podcast. But uh, Rombie, did you have a favourite moment of the game? Uh, when I got it working. When you got it working. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it was such a struggle. I was just like, I'm going to give up on this. And um, I, and once I actually got it working, it was happy. And I'm still, like, later this week, I, well, actually, it won't be this week because unfortunately I'm busy. But next week, when I get some free time, I'm going to sit down and actually play the rest of it because I, it's much like what you've been all been saying. Like, it's it's taking you right back to that time when you first played it. It's amazing. It's the, the quality of it is amazing. And I'm still stunned. And so I'm looking forward to finishing it and getting to see the rest of it in this form because I enjoyed what I've managed to play so far. So, I think for me, you, you were just immersed in it within minutes of playing. That I think that, that takes a lot of character setting, scene setting, mood setting, everything like that. And it's just so perfectly formed in, in, in the in this in the traditional setting of a, of a essentially a haunted house with a clock ticking and you know that that relative safety of the of the of, of the main hall knowing it's only going to get a whole lot worse and it's it's quintessential b-movie horror but executed perfectly batman i think my favorite 
aspect aside from being pleased with the overall quality is the fact that you can actually now play it in widescreen with a method that works because I was really hesitant that this scrolled this sort of moving camera wasn't going to work at all but it's it's very very subtle and I think it works really well I don't think I'll ever play it in 4x3 okay. um, my only gripe is I don't know if you've looked at it on the PS3 version Nick but the the Wesker reports that you get on there yes I did I was about to mention oh, that yes. it's a shame yeah because I mean, fair enough, it's in Japanese, but Wesker's Report too. it's fair enough, it's just a text-based thing, but the music that plays, and I could just imagine if you if you sit there reading that in English with the music on it, it really gets you immersed and puts you in the mood for going through the game, and would it really have killed Capcom to put it out in English? Because there is an official English translation in the Archives 2 book. Yes. And, and, and as well, like with the Report 1, I mean, they've, they've got... They can do the voice again if they want to. Well, <laughs> they keep bringing him. DC keeps they keep bringing him back for different things. I'm sure if they said to him, "Hey, look, here's a script. Read this." Yeah, because it's all new, version. isn't it? I was watching it. It's all new, and the community has such a good rapport with DC Douglas that they might well do it and mod it into the PC version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, be- before he found out it was a, a remastered version, he even put on Facebook. He said, "Capcom, I'm available to do Wesker in he the Resident is, Evil remake." <laughs> I mean, he was at the Comic Con as well, talking about things when they were showing this re- the HD version on the screen there. So, it was quite interesting in of itself. But I mean, he was he was sitting there talking about the lines, and he was talking about how he'd had to um, listen to the versions from this game when he went in for his original auditions, along with. Um, Richard War's version as well because he had to match different versions at different times or they'd play him and say you had to find like a middle ground between basically his version of Whisker yeah. and the two other versions of the Whisker so yeah I mean, he would definitely come back and do it if someone gave him the opportunity <laughs> he obviously does it anyway so he's telling us about that when we when we interviewed him for the for our last podcast about his his almost audition if you like but I, I think we we're quite honest with him because his performance in Umbrella Chronicles didn't really lend itself to the awesomeness of how he was going to be in Resident Evil 5. And I think that's a really delicate question. I can't remember how we asked it, really. But I think it, I think he's aware of that too, because I think he was trying to follow up what the yeah. expectations were of those two other versions. And so he was hesitant until he found essentially his own voice of the character, which obviously didn't come till later. Right, uh, finally, mark out of 10 from everyone. Uh, Batman, what would you give it out of 10? Um, I'll give it a very solid 9. I think I gave, on the last podcast, I think I gave it a 10, but I'll give this one a 9 because it's a remake <laughs> of a remake of a remake. But uh, no, I'm very pleased with it overall. And it's starting to moo. Star Torrent? Because it took me back to a point in my life, not just for the remake, but that feeling of way back in the original of being in that hallway and being just totally immersed i'm gonna give it a 10 because it's the definitive version of not my favorite game in the series but probably undoubtedly the best yes i would agree i'd agree and finally rombie well i gave it a nine controversially last time so i'm gonna stick with i'm gonna stick with my nine this time as well. oh were you on our remake podcast last time i was oh and, brilliant uh, and everyone else gave it tens and then i said nine and everyone went "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> sounds like us yes brilliant well that after that was very that's very very good discussion what so about I, you nick what would you give oh, it? oh no no i said yeah i gave it a 10 i'd agree oh, okay. I, I think yes um I'm honestly surprised you liked it, Nick. I was waiting for you to send me a Facebook message saying, don't like it. Don't I, like it. Takes too long to load. Don't like the camera. What's with yeah. 
controls what's with them. oh yeah. no 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a proper I, I don't like the new controls but the fact that I can play with the old controls is, is good and I think for me it helped that I was able to play it completely differently to how I played the GameCube version because I could play it with surround sound and on an HD TV it, it was a whole new experience and that that made it and fresh fresh enough in my eyes to uh, to give it the to give it the thumbs up and as you said it, it as Sean said it took you back to something you can't really put a score on in that sense because it's so unique it's like picking up super mario kart nowadays it's tripe but super mario kart in my mind is the best game ever made ever and i couldn't it, it just takes you to a different different part of your life or different part of your brain that you just have the fondest memories and what's good about this remake an hd version of course is that, as you said, it's the kind of how you remember it being, and it can't be faulted. Sometimes they say never go back to your childhood memories or you know, your memories, but I, I think here they've been able to keep it fresh and keep it as you remember it, which is why it gets a 10. Are you looking forward to a confidential report, HD? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I've got the HD report of her. <laughs> What's the name of the characters in confidential report? I can't remember. Tyler Hamilton. And that, was a, that was an episodic release, wasn't it? <laughs> that was, it was, yeah. We had, yeah, yeah. grabbing bastards. <laughs> Hardcore fans, this is what's going to come up in Reef 2, yeah. you know it is. She's Nick. the returning female yeah. character. <laughs> Naomi McLean is... <laughs> Nick, you've indicated. <laughs> it also, I'm sure it had microtransactions of sort, it had, it had a weapons dealer oh that, you could, that you could go and get weapons of. It was the prototype, basically. It was, yeah. You wait for the moment when when uh, the new character's introduced and it was, my name's Tyler, I survived Raccoon City. You know, you, you all come crying back. You... <laughs> <sighs> and on that note, we'll now move on to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. New format. New questions. And new challenges. A new quiz to test the resolve. Neptune's Biohazard Quiz! So welcome all, welcome all to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. We are going to continue the similar format that it was five questions... They're very easy this week. I expect at least four from everyone, I'm afraid. Okay, so you'll know the rules. I'll ask the questions. You can have a ponder. Once we've gone through the five questions, we'll go through the answers and we can see what score you get. So if you can put your desktops clear, you can open Notepad. That's the same old rules. So question number one. George Hamilton was born in 1959. Who else was born in this year? Jesus. 
<laughs> Easy. <laughs> Not. Okay. Question number two, this one you will get. What are the creatures stalking the Spencer estate called? Question number three. What is the name of the file in Code Veronica where George Trevor is mentioned? Oh. Dead aim question. Question number four. When did the Spencer reign set sail? I think in terms of point, the closest person might get the point. But if someone can give me a really specific date, they'll get the point. Even if someone else... Uh, if someone gives me the day, month, year, they'll get the point over someone who just gives me the month and the year. But if no one gets the day, the month, and the year, the person with the month and the year will get the point. And finally, question number five. On what day is William Birkin blamed by the attendees on Sheena Island for the destruction of Raccoon City? Can you say again that one, please? No. Yeah. On what day is William Birkin blamed by the attendees on Sheena Island for the destruction of Raccoon City? So that's all the five questions. Join us after this when we'll run through the answers. Bioterror. The world lives with it. You live with it. Viruses are stolen, re-engineered, misused with tragic results. And who are you supposed to trust? Politicians who sell their souls for a few votes? CEOs who betray consumers for a quick buck? Count on us instead. We're above the politics. Always watching. Always ready to face the threat head on. We are the unflinching mop that sops up the evils of bioterrorism and chemical warfare. They call us Terra Save. Because tear doesn't have to end with a wrist. Fucking Barry. So welcome back to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Let's see how everyone has done, starting with question number one, which was George Hamilton was born in 1959. Who else was born this year? Do you know the answer? Batman? Um, I don't. I've got a feeling it could be Kenneth Sullivan or possibly Enrico. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go with Kenneth Sullivan. Kenneth Sullivan. Okay. Stars Tyrant. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Barry. Barry Burton. Romby? I had no idea. I was actually going to say Barry as well. It was just a stab in the dark. I'm afraid the answer is Dorothy Lester. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. I thought you were going to keep it topical. Yeah, very easy indeed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Question number two. What were the creatures stalking the Spencer Nick, estate called? Nick, can I just say, yeah, we're not on. in the heyday of the series playthrough at the minute. It's been a long time since I've been off the series. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Dorothy? <laughs> One of the most famous villains. In- She's coming back in Rev 2. <laughs> I've got inside information. She's a plant in the prison. <laughs> uh, so, Romby, did you know what the creatures that stalk the Spencer estate are called? Uh, there's zombies. <laughs> I'm, I I don't know what. <laughs> Resident Evil Five, Lost in Nightmares. Oh, Lost in Nightmares. No, actually, I don't know the answer to that. Okay. I couldn't. I couldn't remember what they were called. They were just weird. <laughs> just weird. <laughs> so I was turn. Blobs, I believe. Uh, Batman. I see. I've been caught out with questions like this before. I've heard them be called blobs, and I've heard them be called guardians of insanity. 
Oh, oh you fucker. I know, I know in the Biohazard 5 book they're called Blobs, so I'm going to go with Blob. Correct. Yes, we've gone for the answer. I would have accepted both, to be fair, because I know there's discrepancies between... Where is Guardians of Insanity? You hear stuff. Seed in that. Yeah. Is that in a file? Um, I can't remember, to be honest. I can't know. I can't. But no, I would have accepted both. But yes, Blob is the name that I had, or Guardians of Insanity would have been equally as good. Question number three was, in what name uh, name of the file in Code Veronica is George Trevor mentioned? Stars Tyrant. You're a Code Veronica fan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know which file it is. It's in the um, the room where you get the paperweight from, but I can't remember. It's the file Alexander's Diary. Okay, Batman? Uh, I think it's Alexander's Memoir, but I couldn't tell you where you find it. Thankfully, that wasn't the question. Romby? Yeah, I think it was the diary as well. Points to Batman, Alexander's Memoir. Oh. It is in that room, though, isn't it? AIJ's locker room, I think. Don't ask me that question. Why would I know? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Memoir. Memoir. Uh, Question number four. This will be interesting. When did the Spencer Rain set sail? Batman? Have we not had this question before? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) May 20th, 2002. May 20th, 2002. Stars don't? I said March 2002. I honestly couldn't remember. Rombie? Uh, May 2002, I think. That's all I can think I can remember. That's what you got. Very good. Uh, yes, it's 20th of May 2002. I want to give Romby a point for that, because that's very good to know that. And finally, question number five. On what day is Birkin blamed by the attendees on Sheena Island for the destruction of Raccoon City? You could probably all guess, guess the month, I would have thought. But whether you get the exact day, let's find out. Batman? Yeah, uh, this is one of the things I like about Gun Survivor. It's these files... That dated pretty much a few days after mm, Raccoon City are. was destroyed, so I'm going to say October 4th. October 4th. Rombie? I was going to say October 5th. Stars Tyrant? I've also written down a notepad 5th of October. Oh, unfortunately, it's no point. It's October the 7th. Oh, shit. Unlucky, unlucky. So let's have a look at the final scores. It's so unsurprisingly, we start the way we mean to go. <laughs> it's a win for Batman. With three points and a point apiece for Stars Tyrant and Romney. So, congratulations, Batman. Well done. Three out of five ain't bad. Excellent. So, join us next time when we'll have some more questions. So thank you very much for listening and playing along to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. As I said, we'll have some more next time. Whenever that next time will be, we plan to do another podcast after March 20th when the Revelations 2 disc format comes out. So by that time, we all would have had the opportunity to play it because not all of us will be downloading. So thank you all very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our little comeback. It, it was fun as always. Sadly, there were no MP3 call in So if anyone wants to call in with their views on Revelations 2, uh, by all means, please do. And we will see you then soon. So it's goodbye from me, Neptune. Goodbye from me, Batman. Here's to a good Revelations 2. Goodbye from me, Stars Tyrant. And goodbye from me, Rombie.